Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. (laughs) I'm back at it again, man. Listen, we have quite a bit to discuss. Boomer Esiason and Makai Becton. Boomer had quite a bit to say about Makai Becton. Makai Becton also tweeted out, hey, I am a left tackle. We're going to be discussing that. We're also going to be talking about pressure that is coming up on the New York Jets. Expectations are high. Aaron Rodgers is here. we got a lot of guys in the building you know, that have come here to, to win, to get Ws. And the expectations are at a fever pitch here. You know, Can this coaching staff handle it? We're going to be talking about that as well. And the NFL schedule, the release is coming around the corner. You know, Thursday, we're going to figure out primetime games, all that stuff. I want to hear from y'all. Call in, 515-602-9639. We're also going to be talking to a great guest tonight as well. You know what I'm saying? And, and, oh, boy, we're going to be talking to him in just a second. Let me go ahead and get into the show. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. Listen, your boy is on iTunes, okay? Go on over to iTunes, okay? Type in The Long Beach Joe Show, all right? Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on there. Leave me a rating. Salutes to everybody that leaves me that five-star rating. I truly appreciate it. All right, and give me some feedback on what you guys think. I appreciate everyone that does that. I see those, and I enjoy it, okay? So please keep giving me your feedback, and please keep letting me know what you folks think about the show, all right? Your boy's also on Twitter as well, okay? Some other social medias, we moving around, all right? Come on over to Twitter. Type in at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe on Twitter. Follow the page. That's the show's page. And go ahead and get involved with me. Talk to me. I'll talk back. Some people like to talk to me about football. You want to talk to me about the Jets. I'm all about it. And there's other people that like to talk to me about life. You want to talk to me about life, I, you know, whatever. People say I give great advice. So go ahead and hit me up, and we'll talk about that as well. And also, listen, your boy is on YouTube, okay? For those of y'all that don't know, a lot of people catch the show you know, sometimes on YouTube, and they go, whoa, Joe, we didn't know, you know, you're so handsome. We didn't know that, you know. We, we just thought, hey, great voice, great takes, all right, cool. You know, we enjoy listening to you. But now we know you're on YouTube. We're checking it out every single week. We're going to get involved. We want to sit down. We want to have, you know, back and forths with the savages. For those of y'all that don't know, I call my chat the savages. Why? Because they're savage. <laughs> Straight damn savage, man. Listen, they'll get after anybody. It don't matter. Me, you, whoever. If they don't like your takes, they're going to let you know. All right? That's why I call my chat the savages. There's, they don't have no stop, man. Those boys ain't got no breaks, okay? Those boys and girls ain't got no breaks, all right? They just go, okay? So be careful, all right? They're good people, but uh, if they don't like your takes, they're going to let you know about it. So get involved with the savages. If, if you'd like to, come on over, all right? to YouTube, type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, okay? Subscribe to the podcast and hit that notification bell so when I post that content, you folks will be in the know. I post videos over there as well. Salute to the savages in the building. 
Ronald Perry, NY Jets FL, all the guys, Dakota J, salutes to you as well. I see you. I see you, Dakota. Everybody in the building. Now, we've got a, quite a bit to talk about, but before we get there, everyone knows I am a huge, huge Jets fan, but I did not grow up on the East Coast. Everyone knows I'm a West Coast guy. You know what I'm saying? I just do my thing out here. I love where I grew up, okay? But I'm all about repping the Jets to the fullest, where there's other people as well around this country that do the same. And tonight we're going to have a special guest to come on named Mr. Dean Barbella from the San Francisco Jets Fan Club. And he's going to talk to us about what they do out there in San Francisco and how they come together to rep the New York Jets correctly. Dean, I want to welcome you to the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Oh, I'm ecstatic. Uh, Long Beach Joe, thanks for having me on again. I got to say, you are a handsome man. I did the other podcast. <laughs> Not so much. Not so much. I'm glad you're on YouTube. I'm glad you're on YouTube. Make it, make it better. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. You know, look, I'm not an arrogant guy. You know, I'm not an arrogant guy against salutes to all the savages. I'm not an arrogant guy. You know, I just, I just do my thing and move how I can move. But one of the things that I get a lot of questions about, Dean, just walking around in my daily, people see me in my Jets gear and they go, Joe, what made you become a Jets fan? I always got to break it down on how I just fell in love with the team when I was young. I want to ask you the same question, Dean. What made you become a fan of this football team? Why did you become a New York Jets fan? Yeah, first off, any good to rep, you know, some Jets gear on the West Coast because we stick out like green thumbs, right, you know? Yes, and, sir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, and people stop and ask me. They talk about Joe Namath, but we're changing that narrative now with Rodgers. Uh, so we started, and funny enough, 15 years ago with the Brett Favre uh, wave. Um you know, there was this thing called Facebook that was just kind of arriving on the scene. And uh, before you can get out-of-market, you know, games on your TV, you had to go to the, the bar. But then you'd have to arm wrestle the guy next to you to get your TV. <laughs> Things got tough and rough. Uh, yep. We finally got out of the bar, and we got our Facebook page up there, and we started finding like-minded, uh, you know, Jets fans. And, uh, you know, when when – Brett Favre joined the Jets by way of Green Bay 15 years ago. That's when things exploded. We have a really great bar in San Francisco. I'll plug them now if you don't mind. It's called the Go Rex ahead. Room. With the Jets. We, we affectionately call it the Rex Room once upon a time, but it's the <laughs> Rex Room, W-R-E-C-K. And uh, that's uh, 1390 California Street in San Francisco. So if you're familiar with San Francisco, it's a corner of California and Hyde. And it's a yeah. really nice bar. So yeah. when uh, when they're playing sports, you know, there's a lot of dudes in there, but there's also a lot of really uh, nice ladies and such. So sometimes it's a tough ticket to get inside. And when, you know, Brett Favre, you know, started taking the Jets places, you know, it was a sold-out show. <laughs> Suddenly they had, like, a, you know, a rope outside, and, you know, people were lined up around the corner to get in. It was a big deal, and we were pretty excited about, you know, the rabid fans that it just, you know, it just blew up on us. So it was good times. Yeah, the, listen, those were amazing times. But a lot of, you know, there was a, there was a point in time where it was, it was tough to be a Jets fan, right? We sat through the Gaze era and McCagnin and Bowles and, it looks like things are turning around now. We'll get to that in a second. 
But you talked to you talked about just your local area and how tough a ticket it is in there. I know up there in the Bay Area where you guys are in San Francisco, it's a beautiful place. Okay, I've been up there multiple times, but there's a lot of crazy fans up there. San Francisco 49er fans that we know they're beside themselves constantly, right? They're always doing wacky stuff. You also got uh, Raider fans there. We know that the team has moved to Vegas, but I know that there's still a big, you know, part of Raiders Nation that's up there in the Bay. Give me your, you know, your experience being a Jets fan amongst all the fans of all these other teams. Do you get hassled a lot up there at all? Well, well let me tell you the best thing about the Raiders moving to Vegas is my property value's gone up. <laughs> They're not too much fun to hang around. But, uh, but uh, you know, Niners fans, they're a little bit more, I don't know. Refined, you know, they're drinking their Chablis and, you know, having sushi during the game. But the cool thing about the Niners fans is that, you know, we're kind of taking the page from their book with Robert Sala and, you know, uh, similar schemes. Um, but uh, Raiders fans, you know, they've kind of calmed down the last couple of years a little bit. And, you know, the Raiders and the Jets, they go all the way back to the AFL pad popping yeah. affairs, right? So, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're, they're Raiders fans. I think I might have told you on a previous show, we have tried to go to the games in, in unison. So we all drive in at the same time so that we could do some tailgating. But this one time, it just so happened they filled up one parking lot. So half our crew was on one side and half our crew was on the other. So we had to carry <laughs> barbecues and ice coolers and everything. We had to go through this gauntlet. And there were substances oh. that were, I don't know, bodily fluids that <laughs> happened to fall upon me that I don't know who or where or what it was. And I didn't ask questions. Man. And that was just the girls. That was just the Raider girls. Right there. <laughs> Good God. Very good. Well, look, Dean, let me tell you. I, man, I remember I came up there. Uh, I was up there with a friend for a couple games, you know, and we were just, uh, moving around, watching the game through different different restaurants. I mean, one time we sat down and had a had a you know some, something to eat while one of the Jets games was on. And Raider fans will heckle you like crazy, and it was wild because it was like we weren't we weren't even playing these guys, and they were still talking trash. You know, they get that chant Raiders and all this nonsense. It was like ridiculous. And even when people came up to ask me, well, Joe, well, you grew up on the West. Why aren't you a Raiders fan? You should be here with us. And I said, well, I don't qualify to be a Raiders fan because I can read. <laughs> I can read. I can't be a Raiders fan. That no, love to all it's the Raiders fans too, out there. It's only fans. too true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I tell my crew, we try, we try to keep together and keep it tight when we go to the games. And I tell them, you know, please don't go to the bathroom during halftime. That's, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's, like it's wild. It's wild. Shawshank. The place looks like Shawshank Redemption, by the way. It's cement slab <laughs> covered by barbed wire. You got to go over this bridge from the train to the stadium, and people are yelling, fish, fish, Vader. It's hot. It's hot. Yeah. I'm glad I we mean, moved. Listen, but yeah. they, have a, they have a rabid fan base, though, Dean. Listen, love to all the Raiders fans. I have Raiders fans that are in my family. You know, I got love for them, but it's like, man, it is tough. But I tell you what's not tough, Dean. Being a Jets fan right now, okay, we are so excited about a lot of things that have happened this offseason. I think the crown jewel, right, of this offseason is getting Aaron Rodgers. 
right? The Who? Quarterback has been the missing piece. For, <laughs> <laughs> quarterback has been the missing piece for so long. Give me your thoughts on the New York Jets making the move for Aaron Rodgers. Are you excited about seeing him in that jersey, in that Jets jersey out there throwing footballs during the voluntary workouts? Over the moon. Remember Jerry Brown, Governor Moonbeam, where everyone was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. this guy's way out there. Well, this is the city to do it right here, the Bay Area, the home of, like, the Grateful Dead, right? We're made mm-hmm. for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is from the Bay Area. And when it comes to kooky and spooky and spiritual awakenings, this is the town. <laughs> and he's going to bring us to the promised land. And we couldn't find a more favored son to do it. I mean, <laughs> this is we're, – we're super excited. Um, and then he wore number eight with Cal when he played for Cal. And, you know, now he's gone back to number eight. Um, I, I, tell, I tell you, I couldn't sleep for a month. All I would do is hug my pillow and dream about Aaron Rodgers joining the Jets. <laughs> and here it is. And I was worried because, you know, we were playing a game of chicken with Green Bay, right, for the draft collateral. Yep. Like, oh, Woody, don't ruin this. Please, please, just let J.D. Yeah. do his job. But. I'm pretty sure there was some pressure that we needed to get the deal done before the draft and, you know, we folded, but Hey, we got our man. He's in the house. He's happy as hell. And we're, we've all the stars are aligned. I'm so excited. This is awesome. Yeah. I'm hyped as well. I'm, I'm telling you, just looking at this team, man, if we would have had Aaron Rodgers last season, who knows we could have gone, but we definitely would have made the playoffs and been competing big, been in a big time, but just seeing him be able to be here. And then the additions as well from, you know, some of the free agent signings we got. I just, I love the move and I'm so excited that he's here. It's almost, it's unreal. Seeing Aaron Rodgers out there in the Jets jersey is just unreal to me still. Seeing him in the Jets facility, talking to people, moving around. And you could see that not only is he excited about being here, he immediately started putting the work in, right? Got out there doing the voluntary stuff. He started talking about doing team building. He could have came here and big timed us. He really could have. This is Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's a Hall of Fame guy already. You don't, you know, he don't need to come here and do anything. He's already in the Hall of Fame first ballot, you know, no, no doubt about it. But he's, he's coming here to win, and he's coming here to do business. So I'm hyped about this, and I can't wait. Now, Dean, we've also had a draft as well. There was a lot of questions about the draft for the New York Jets. A lot of Jets fans upset about our first pick, Will McDonald. Some people, like Joe Tipman, some people thought, hey, we shouldn't have took Jets fans. I believe we should have went elsewhere. A lot of up and down grades from this recent draft, and I want to get your thoughts on it, man. What were your thoughts about the recent draft uh, by the New York Jets? Yeah, I wouldn't be a Jets fan if I didn't have an opinion, right? So, uh, you know, I kind of feel some empathy for JD here because, first off, we knew damn sure that we were going to get screwed when we flipped the 15 with the 13, right? And then Bill yeah, Belichick yeah. jumps in there and. He brokers a trade down with Pittsburgh, and then they land our man, right? So that kind of sucked right there with Broderick Jones. I mean, he could have been more long-term, but he has all the physical traits to really play for our scheme, you know, the agility Mm -hmm. and and, and blocking downfield. So I was drooling all over Broderick Jones, but it wasn't meant to be. And then I thought, hey – why not draft a player that can help us now? We have a two-year window. Let's get, you know, Jackson Smith Nigma. That would be awesome. But yeah. reunion with Garrett Wilson and, and, and replacing Elijah Moore. But then that wasn't meant to be. And I was like, 
who's Will McDonald? <laughs> and I, I blame myself because I was rocking an Aaron Maven jersey that day for the first <laughs> Per se, and sure enough, we get like that, you know, that that third down, you know, pass rusher, right? So, um, yeah. but Will McDonald's a lot more. Um, and uh, so my empathy for J.D. is he tried to trade down. Obviously, there wasn't mm-hmm. anybody that gave him something that was worth trading down for. And mm-hmm. Will McDonald was a reach, probably attainable at the bottom of the first round. And... You know, we reach for him, but, you know, I guess there was nobody there. Um, it, we, we, I think he had the philosophy that I wanted, which was, you know, get players in, on, the, on the team that could help us now and in the future, but he just didn't have anybody there that, you know, was better than this bendy pass rusher that's going to fit our scheme with the wide nine. And mm-hmm. the thing is that I, that spuns me out a little bit is, by the time you divide all the linemen that we have in defense, <laughs> they probably play about two snaps apiece, and they're all first-rounders. But, hey, yeah. you know what? We put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, as Aaron Rodgers yeah. testified from last season, right? And we need players out there to close out games. I trust J.D., so that's kind of my stream of consciousness on the first round. Uh, Joe Tipman, I liked him better than John Michael Smith's. Um, you know what? Mm, okay. He's six foot six. He's got versatility. Not that you want to move a center to another position, but he's big enough to play anywhere on the line if you needed to. And he's got the pre-snap recognition that you know Connor McGovern just never had. Right? That was a kind yeah. of demerit on him. And you know he's got that downfield blocking. Right? You know that second level. Mm-hmm. So he's awesome, and that's a position of need. And we're getting him at the right. You know place in the second round so i love that all day and then you know i kind of kind of interested in the guys that we got in the seventh round too you know yeah uh, what was his name uh coon zach coon you know the the, the yeah, tight end yep. He, he's, yep. he's a freak he's just you know speed and size and i guess kind of flunked out of penn state you know maybe he was immature but you know followed his coach to dominion and seems to have his act together and Let's see yeah. what, you know, we could do with them. Who else did we get? Oh, we got some insurance. We got Hall with uh, – I'm learning yeah, how to say with his Izzy, name is Yep, the running back from Pitt. Yep, Izzy. Mm-hmm. Abanaconda. Abanaconda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go, Abanaconda. The more you say it, the more yeah. you like it. It's good. And then we got some, um, you know, depth at tackle. Um, we got, like, yeah. an undersized linebacker. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought pretty good graphic. After after the first round, I give yeah. I give JD a mulligan in the first round. Yeah, well, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of people that don't necessarily love Will McDonald. I'm not a guy that that dislikes to pick as much as I think everybody else does, and it's because I understand the impact that Edge has in this league. Right? We're talking about you know we want to be a team, or we're hopefully we're going to be with Aaron Rodgers here if he's who we know Aaron Rodgers to be. We're going to be a team that's ascending in this league. And if we want to compete to win Super Bowls, which is what we, where we are right now, right? We're in win-now mode when we acquire Aaron Rodgers. That means you're going to be going up against the top teams in the NFL and just looking at the AFC, right? We got Deshaun Watson in the AFC, P. 
Patrick Mahomes, who right now the, the road to the Super Bowl goes through, goes through Kansas City, right? You've got to have somebody to chase this guy down and get him, get him down. You have to make sure that you constantly account for him defensively. You've got to get pressure on him. You look at Lamar Jackson's in the AFC, Josh Allen, Herbert. I mean, we can keep going on and on. Joe Burrow. The, the, the AFC is riddled with just killer quarterbacks. And how do you take care of great quarterbacks? You have to get pressure on them. You have to be able to rush the passer. And so when you look at that, right, when you look at that philosophy and you look at how, how great that that philosophy has worked around the league, listen, you get pressure on the quarterback in this league, it's going to lead to Ws. You look at what the Bills did. The Bills had a phenomenal defense already, right, great pass rush already. They had boys that was getting up, Ed Oliver, all those guys. And they said, you know, recently, listen, we got to add more because we got to chase this guy Patrick Mahomes around. And so they went and got Von Miller. <laughs> and these guys have been competing. And, you know, we, we watched the Bills, you know, slowly put, put a team together and really get rolling and be a threat. And so I, I like the pick. I like the addition of Young Edge. I think it's going to do wonders for our defense. Of course, he's going to be within the rotation. But if this guy can come in here and when you look at his measurables, when you look at what he was able to do in college, I'm telling you, he can come in and fit in the wow. defense. And he, they, there's, there's a lot of talks about him not even being utilized correctly within that scheme. I mean, he's a guy that's got yeah, great bend coming off the edge. Yeah, I'm telling you, great bend coming off the edge. He's going to put on some weight, but I'm, he's going to put some things together. And utilizing him within Sulla's defense, whoo, I'm telling you, we gonna, we gonna, he's going he's gonna to scare a lot of people. I truly, I truly believe that he will, and he's going to be a force here. You know, I think he will within his defense. Now, we talked about the draft. I want to talk to you about free agency because we grabbed quite a bit of folks that, you know, were able to come in here, especially a guy like Alan Lazard, which I loved. When you look at the free agent class that we had, who was your favorite free agent? Just my final question for you. Ah, well, right now I'm thinking about Big Al Woods. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, we were just talking yeah. about, you know, getting Will McDonald and bending your ears back, you know, playing with the lead and closing out games. I love that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we did lose – a lot of beef in the middle. Sheldon Rankins, uh, Shepard walked, and I was very concerned about that. So I'm pretty happy that we got Big Al Woods in there. But um, let's see, my favorite free agency, um, we got basically the Green Bay bus landed <laughs> in, Long Island, uh, in New York, right? You know? um, but I would, I would probably say um, my favorite would be Alan Lazard. You know, just getting – the wide receivers in here, but we got, you know, the guy from KC too to be our fourth receiver. So kind of replacing Elijah Moore there. Yeah. So I love those signings. Um, You know, Chuck Clark, the safety, I think he's going to be a a pretty good, good find too. And that's uh, an area that we really needed to address. Um, Yeah. So those are a couple of my favorites right there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some good signings, man. Some great signings. And again, JD, I thought, did a solid job there as well. You brought up Al Woods. You know, we also got Quentin Jefferson as well along the defensive line. A lot of people don't don't remember. We lost Sheldon Rankins. He went on and signed with another team in free agency. Also lost Shepard as well. And we were able to fill that gap with some quality defensive line guys, some fat boys to come on in here so we don't get dominated in the trenches. Now, we got to figure out what's going on with Quentin Williams. Got to get that extension done, you know, sooner than later. <laughs> that number just keeps yeah. going up. I, well, go I, ahead. Give, I, I was give me a little... on that quickly. I was a little bummed to hear that, you know, you know, people are trying to sell papers here. And they're like, oh, they're at a really 
big impasse. I'm like, well, why? I mean, kind of with the guy from the Giants, Dexter Lawrence, already kind of set the market. And, yeah. you know, I guess it's somewhere between like $23, $25 million per year contract would be appropriate yep. to Quinn and yep. Williams. So I'm like, the market's set. Pay the man. If you don't pay the man now, then someone else is going to get paid. And then the price for Quinn and Williams is going to go up a little bit more. Just lock it in, you know? So I guess we're, he's playing what on a fifth year option and then. The next thing would would be to play him on a franchise tag in 2024, and we just don't need that, you know, bad mojo when we've got everything rolling with Aaron Rodgers. Just, you know, we talked a lot about developing our own players and, and re-signing them, play, paying them. Well, Quinn Williams mm-hmm. is, like, perfect. He's perfect on the field. Yep. He's perfect off the field. He's the, he's the guy you want to model after. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, hopefully it, it plays out. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping it gets done soon, and we'll see what happens. Again, there's a lot of things that are going to get worked out as well. Aaron, that Rodgers contract is supposed to be reworked as well, hopefully giving the Jets even more, you know, cat relief. But all that's coming up. I'm just hoping that they get that deal with Quinn Dunn because who knows who can sign next, and that floor will just keep raising what they need to give Quinn. Listen, Dean, it was phenomenal speaking with you tonight. Before I let you go, Give my audience every way that they can get in contact with you folks at the San Francisco Jets fan club and just, just give them every, all your social media and everything, you know, just to get in contact with y'all. Sure. Likewise. I really enjoyed the chat. You can get a hold of us on Facebook. Uh, our, our page is NY Jets fans in San Francisco. And uh, you can just roll into our neighborhood bar, which is called the rec room with a W W R E C K. And that's on 1390 California Street at Hyde. And uh, we'd love to see you. It's going to be a great season, and it's going to be a sold-out show, so get there early. Yeah, you already know it. Dean, I want to thank you for calling in again. It was phenomenal speaking with you. You have yourself a good night, my friend. All right, cheers. Bye. All right, you have a good one. Listen, Dean Barbella coming in, man. Those guys in San Francisco at that Jets fan club, they know how to do it, and they do it right. Again, everybody get involved with the San Francisco Jets fan club any way that you can. Those guys are phenomenal, right? Phenomenal. So it was a great time, Dean, about everything that they're doing over there, how they're connecting with fans. And now it's time to discuss this week's week's topics and events. Boy, oh, boy. Lines are hot. We'll get to everybody. Ted, Bill, Dwayne, other callers as well. We'll get to you. Salute to all the savages out there in the chat. I see y'all as well, okay? Baked, I see you in the chat, says, love the show, can't wait. Thank you, all right? Salutes to everybody. GVH, I'll see you, all right? Now, listen, this week started off a little uh, little wanky, a little wanky here, you know? Started off a little crazy. Boomer Esiason ripped into Makai Becton, all right? Makai Becton tweeted this week, and it's been deleted, okay? It was deleted a bit after he tweeted it, but he tweeted, I, the letter I, am period, A, period, left, period, tackle, all right? Now, this was in response to Coach Sulla talking about how they were going to do go with their best five along the offensive line, and there's going to be competition at the tackles and all these things, right? He says, I'm a left tackle. And uh, it got deleted, but, you know, Boomer Esiason had a lot to say. He spoke about, you know, Makai Becton almost eating himself out the league, spoke about how he hasn't earned anything, 
and a lot of, you know, a lot of talk about the, the concerns, the weight concern, work ethic concerns, all those things that a lot of people have discussed the last two years with him. Now, keep in mind, I always want to point this out, respect everybody's take, and we're going to hear from everybody on the lines. I know it's hot. People are going to want to talk about this. I respect everybody's take. But let's keep in mind that the man had a knee injury, okay, knee injury that was not caused by him just strolling around the facility. That's not what happened, okay? Greg Van Roten was thrown into the back of him. It jacked his knee up, and subsequently he ended up basically missing two years because the repaired knee when he tried to come back was fractured. He fractured his kneecap, and then he sat down again last season. Now, there was talk that he was supposed to come back last season, but if you listen to people close to him, one of them, Duke Mannyweather, all right, on Twitter, all right, that's his trainer. That's the guy that he works with literally alluded to the fact that that knee injury was a lot worse than what was being reported last season and that the second that it happened, he was never coming back. <laughs> he, he, he made it pretty clear that Makai Becton was never going to come back last season. No matter what anybody re- reported, he was never coming back, right? Now, here's the deal. Since then, Makai Becton has worked his tail off, Okay. We see that he's in phenomenal shape. He's got himself back into phenomenal shape, and he looks amazing, right? He's, he's, he's really ingrained within the fan base now. They go back and forth. He's got people motivated to get themselves in the gym. It's great. And even Sulla, when he heard about the tweet as well, came out and said basically, hey, look, go get the left tackle. If you want the left tackle, go get the left tackle. It's about competition. Open competition, I believe is going to open people's eyes to how special Makai Becton can be here, okay? Everyone knows me. I'm a big Makai Becton fan, all right? And if he hears this, Makai, I love you, all right? This is going to have him show up and show out, okay? We all know no fifth-year option. They declined that. That would have gave him $13.5 million. He'd be here through 2024. That's not happening. This is a big prove-it year for Makai Becton. Makai Becton's fully healthy, right? He's got his mental together. He's talked about that as well. He's talked about his child as well, being a big motivator for him to play this upcoming season. I think Makai Becton is going to show up and show out this year. And I understand the criticisms of him. I get it, okay? Everyone gets after me because I talk about how special Makai Becton is and how special I, I believe he is. But I'm telling you, the last time this guy was healthy, fully healthy, ready to go, mental was together, that rookie year was phenomenal. That rookie year is phenomenal, okay? He was stuffing pass rushers in this league and making them look like just normal guys. Bosa, Chubb, all those guys just looking mad normal, Okay. He made them just look like regular guys in the league. He was throwing people around. He was grabbing people. He was putting guys on their backs. And he was regarded as one of the top tackles in the league. That's a fact. That's a fact. Not just by me, right, but by analysts around the league. Guys like Damian Woody, guys that have been in this league, like Damian Woody, excuse me, that have been, you know, very good offensive linemen. was like, hey, this guy, Makai Beckman, he's somebody. He's one of those ones, Right. So I think that this open competition will allow Makai Beckton to show people what time it is. And I'm telling you, if he turns back into the guy that I believe that he can be, the Jets are going to be using that franchise tag. It's going to cost them more money than it would have to give him the fifth-year option, or they're going to have to give him a hefty contract to keep him for quite some time. So we're going to be discussing that tonight. 
515-602-9639. We're also going to be discussing there's pressure, the pressure on, uh, you know, Coach Sulla, and there is. Aaron Rodgers in the building, the Jets are in win-now mode. We've seen in the past that there's been game management issues, clock management issues with Sulla from time to time. You can't have none of that stuff coming up, especially when you look at a lot of the new coaches we have in the building. We have a brand-new offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett. Sometimes it takes time for offensive systems to be implemented and properly ran by a football team. Do the Jets have enough time to really be able to do that? All right. Sometimes it takes a year, two years to really get in there. We're in win now. You got to come out and pop immediately. So we're going to be discussing that, the pressure on the, on the coaching staff and the additional, uh, the, the expectations that are coming with Aaron Rodgers being here. We're also going to be covering some uh, schedule predictions as well. I want to hear y'all schedule predictions. Also, Randall Cobb's one-year contract, the details have been released. Signing bonus is 250 k and the base salary is $2.25 million, okay? Boy, boy, for all those people that were saying that, oh, the Jets are just throwing away money, he's going to eat up snaps, he's going to destroy your cap. Come on, guys. The contract's not that crazy. You're getting flushed. <laughs> My goodness. Get that take out of here. The Jets are throwing their future away. They're blowing all their cap money on old players. Oh, what are they going to do? How, how can they even afford a guy like Randall Cobb and bring him in? Stop. We're going to get to the lines. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 number. Call in. Also, when you call in, please make sure your line, your phone is good to go. All right? No crazy background noises. Also, make sure that you know from a new callers, I do not allow cursing on my show. Don't call in here cursing. I'll get you out of here fast. All right? Fast. Fashion, we got Adam Gaze out of here. Faster than the Jets decline Makai Beckton's fifth-year option. Too soon? (laughs) Is that too soon? Keep it real with me. I like to tell Josie in there, you know? Salute to everybody in the chat, Jack Kenna, Christopher, NY Jets FL begged, everybody in there just going off, going back and forth. We're going to get to these callers again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is number, call in. Please give the stream a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't subscribed, hit the notification bell. First caller we're going to go to, we're going to go to Ted. We're coming directly to Ted. Bill Dwayne, 561, hold on a second. We're coming to you guys in a second. Ted, salutes to you. I want to thank you for calling in. For those of you that do not know, Ted, he's a savage. <laughs> Ted, salutes. I want to thank you for calling in. Boomer Sison rips Mac- salutes. Boomer Sison rips Makai Becton for tweeting, "I am a left tackle." What are your thoughts about this, man? Do you feel like Boomer's uh, criticisms are justified? Hmm. Joe, I tried to listen to it uh, today, but my uh, internet in my home has uh, been erratic, so I. I really haven't listened to it, but I, I do have a mm-hmm. strong opinion. Uh, I want to give Makai a little bit of advice with these four letters, STFU. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. okay. Go out there. Okay. With all due respect, go out there. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. He should have just, just zipped it up, 
and mm-hmm. that should have lit a fire under him. And then he can go out there and show what he's made of, you know, what mm-hmm. he really can do on the field. This social media thing, Joe, like people, not just him, but people regretting tweets like instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst thing you're going to do. And maybe that could be a reason why maybe they they could, a possible reason why they didn't do his fifth-year option. Maybe he's still immature. You don't know what happened behind the scenes and stuff. I don't know. I'm just okay. saying, you know, it does. this doesn't mm-hmm. help his case. This doesn't help his case. I didn't hear what Boomer mm-hmm. said. I'm sure it was pretty hard. But uh, go ahead, Joe. I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm well, rooting for Makai, but he's, he's not helping his cause. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, what he said was he talked about how Makai's, you know, his weight and all these things, the things that a lot of people reports that have been leaked and talked about and basically said, hey, you haven't earned anything since you've been here, you know, mm-hmm. and that he's got to get himself together because, his, you know, his career could be on the line. And, uh, yep. you know, All true. He, had, he had some, yes, he had some criticism, some harsh criticism, which I understand. But I look mm-hmm. at it right now as that, hey, Makai Becton has worked – immensely hard to get himself back into shape, which he clearly is in phenomenal shape, right? And I believe that he gets on the field and he's going to show people what time it is, okay? Especially, and I understand, there's a lot of people that don't like the social media stuff, and I get it. You know, various players on the team have said certain things on social media that really has not gone over well with the fan base. But when I look at the Mm. situation, and I look at the competition, and even Sulla talked about it as well, you want the left tackle? Mm -hmm. Go get it. Right, that's what he said. You want want a left tackle? Okay, go get your left tackle then. Earn it, you know, basically. Yep. And it's going to be competition. Yep. Now, when I look at the situation of the competition here, I'm thinking the only guy that really can vie for the left tackle spot to this point that we've seen, that we've physically seen play, and we can look at the only guy really setting his way for left tackle is Dwayne Brown. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. hey, Makai Becton, healthy, my, not only physically healthy, mentally healthy. I'm thinking Makai Becton can take Dwayne Brown and take that left tackle position. Am I tripping for thinking that, Ted? Are you in agreement with me that you could see Makai back, Mackay Becton back at left tackle, back being the New York Jets starting left tackle this upcoming season? I mean, he could, he could possibly, but if he's confident in himself, Joe, he should have just went out there and did it. And not, I mean, this is the reactionary stuff of tweeting and not, and not, and taking a tweet away. He definitely can be, and as Salah said, like you said, uh, you know, earn it, go out and earn it. He, he's got the physical tools, Joe. He can stay healthy and he's motivated. That guy, sky's the mm-hmm. for that guy, no doubt about it. Yeah. But you know, just just that kind of stuff, the immature, immature kind of reactionary stuff. He's going to have to put that put that aside somehow and just move on with that. But hey, Joe, let me say, can I ask you, uh, make one point about the rookie press conferences, which I actually just listened to. Yeah, go ahead. There's go a ahead. kid that we drafted from LSU, Converse. He's a sixth rounder or yeah, fifth rounder. Jared Bernard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's an interesting kid because he's very well spoken. He has a degree in animal science. He plays all three positions. He plays corner safety yeah. and some other position. I don't know what it was, strong safety, weak safety. I'm thinking yeah. um, Ashton Davis might be in jeopardy, though. If this kid can play, because Ashton Davis is a special teamer. Ashton Davis is a bust. So <laughs> this kind of 
this kind, yeah. <laughs> go, well, this kind of <laughs> sorry, Joe. This this kind of no, guy is the go kind ahead. of guy that can, with the you know, with the ability to play multiple positions, and then you have Ashton yeah. Davis as a glorified special teamer. God, I I don't know how many tackles Ashton Davis has, but it's not many in his career. Yeah. So, I think he's Ashton Davis maybe in jeopardy of maybe being on the cut on the cut situation. Yeah, he could, so, and it's great that you bring that mm-hmm. up because that's that's something I was talking about as well during the draft after we took him. I talked about how versatile he was. He did. He played safety. Mm-hmm. I believe he was at Oklahoma State. I believe it was correct uh, before he transferred to LSU. He was playing safety. He was being moved around all over the place, and I think that that's going to be something that we're going to see utilized in Sulla's defense. Right? We see him move safeties around all the yeah. time. Sometimes he puts say he likes oversized safeties to put them in linebacker. We saw that. That's why we got Nezeldine and Sherwood. Uh, in the building, and we'll see mm-hmm. what we get from those guys going forward. But that that that's the kind of guys that he loves, those guys that are versatile, those guys that he can move around, those guys that he can put in different spots to really attack an opposing uh, offense the way that he likes to. So I could see him snatching some spots as well. He might be a guy that ends up, you know, in that in that corner role as well. He could he could end up taking maybe a corner spot away from a guy. There's some guys, you know, that are sleeping on him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people sleeping on uh, what you know he's going to bring to the table, but I like his selection as well. And like you said, he's a guy that his versatility I think is going to play a big part and a big help for him as well as he continues to attack mm-hmm. this roster. Now, you talked about yeah. we talked a little bit about Robert Sella and what you know the expectations upon him too. Expectations are high here, right? And Rogers in the building. We're all looking to have a big time season this upcoming season. There's been some game management issues, some clock issues. We saw that last season. I believe it was against the Lions, right? We lost that game. He could have called a timeout mm-hmm. to stop and give the Jets an extra snap. Did not do it. Ended up costing us a game. He actually came out and uh, admitted yep. to that fault as well. Give yep. me your thoughts about this, man. What are your thoughts about the expectations rising on Sella? And there's a lot of Jets fans thinking out there that he could be on the hot seat if the Jets don't get it done this season. What are your thoughts about mm. that? Well, it might be a little early for that. Um, so he had he had a horrendous quarterback situation. He had a a, a rookie play caller. Um, now he has the opposite. He's got a veteran quarterback and a veteran OC. I think Salah can basically just run the defense and monitor the offense and whatever mm-hmm. he wants to input on that end. It's going to mm-hmm. be so much easier for Salah. I mean. Yeah. This has got to be like, you know, going from Division three football to, like, Division one. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he, I think if he just oversees, you know, the OC, you know, and, and let him run his end, and I, I'm sure he'll be a lot more confident in that than he had in the floor, where I'm sure mm-hmm. every day he had to deal with all kinds of headaches from, from that side of the ball. And Sal is such a good special um i i don't think i can't see salah be on the hot, hot seat and i can't see joe douglas be on the hot seat joe i i mm. unless okay. the team votes which i don't see that happening either i think you know let's see let's just see how this plays out so i wasn't happy with the team. there has to be reasons for that too which our quarterback yeah yeah, I, you're breaking up a little. Our defense is on the field. For, our defense is on the field forever. Uh, all these games. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit. I, I think we're losing you. 
you might, you might want to you know, fix your signal a little bit. You're, you're kind of breaking up, but what okay. you were saying is, you listen, I, I, I can, I hear exactly before, before you broke up, what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, him being able now with Hackett in the building, I think is definitely going to help him that you were speaking about. I think yeah. Hackett's kind of going to be a second guy and especially a guy that's been a former head coach as well. I think he'll be able to True. lean on Hackett just a little bit to help him you know, in that game management area. Here's a guy that has been a guy, you know, that's run a team before, didn't, didn't work out, now he's here with us, but he's had that experience. So I think that that's a guy that he's going to be able to lean on as well. And even though we're talking about Hackett as well, my final question before I let you go, you look mm-hmm. at the situation with Hackett. This guy's coming in here, right? This is his first year as New York Jets offensive uh, coordinator. A lot of people are expecting this offense off the bat to get going. That was the biggest issue last season. What are your expectations for the offense, knowing that sometimes it takes a bit to install, you know, his, his version of the offense. Sometimes it takes a bit to install new offenses in places. Do you think the Jets will, deal, will have to deal with that kind of stuttering and sputtering that usually comes with a new offense being installed, or do you think they'll be able to off the, off the get really get rolling? Mm, good question. Joe, sorry about my signal. I want to get – when I talk about last season, I'm pacing in my garage. That's why I'm in and out of my signal here. Cause it's so stressful that we tanked the end of the season last year. Um, I can see a learning curve happening, but if we have our uh-huh. offensive line set and our pretty much our, our running back set and, and Rogers is in early working with the group, Mm-hmm. Offenses generally do start slow in the NFL season. Mm-hmm. I would say generally to get going. I, I don't see. I don't think there's going to be much of a a learning curve with this with this with a, okay. a player like Rodgers. I really don't. Yeah. We can run the. We can just run. We can run and play defense and play action for the first game or two just to get into mm-hmm. it. I don't see why we can't. Depending on the schedule, I don't see why we can't get into. You know, kind of get an ease into the season a little. I don't think we have to be. Uh, yeah. Firing our cylinders right away, but yeah, let's hope, Joe. Let's hope we can get get in and uh, have a great season. So yeah, I, I'm thinking, man. So I got the situation. Say. We got Rogers. We got a lot of guys that have familiarity with the system as well. Getting guys up mm-hmm. to speed, you know, it's gonna. T- I think it may take maybe a week or two into the season, but I think we'll be okay, especially mm-hmm. with guys like Aaron Rodgers, who's you know pretty much a star. He's already in, in the building working with guys. He already knows what time it is. They've talked about it. And, again, the scheme is not going to be so unfamiliar to guys that it's kind of like learning something completely out of the world different because they've already talked about how they're keeping a lot of the same key concepts and things that Mike LaFleur had already installed in place. It's just going to be different beverages yep. and ticks and different stuff like that. And we have so many guys. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We have some guys and Lazard, already too. Cobb and – yeah, Lazar, yeah, Billy Turner Lazard. as well, right? Yep. That have so yep. many, so much familiarity with the scheme, they're going to be able to help guys come along. So, Ted, listen, before Absolutely. I get you out of here, prime yes, time sir. games. All right, a lot of people talking about it. Schedule release, I believe, is Thursday. How many prime time games are you predicting New York Jets will have this upcoming season? That's a good question. Uh I don't know. Either way, I have to buy the YouTube package on this one. Um, <laughs> I would say probably four or five. Okay. Four or five. Okay. I can see the Chiefs, the Cowboys. I don't know if the I don't know if the Thanksgiving Day is considered prime time, but Chiefs, Cowboys, maybe a Patriot game. I don't know. Maybe the Bills. It all depends. It all depends. But okay. I think I could see four. Four, solidly four. Okay. 
Yep. Stands for. Listen, Ted, salutes. I got to slide off. I got other callers. I want to thank you for calling in. Next time I have a show, I'm going to hear from you, all right? All right, Joe. Take it easy, Joe. All right, you have a good one. Five one five six zero two nine six three nine. Call in. We're taking all callers. If you need to call in, please be patient. We will get to everyone. Next, I'm going to go to my guy, Bill. We're coming to Bill. Dwayne, Perry, other callers as well. Hold on a second. We'll get to you. Trust me. Listen, Bill, salutes. I want to thank you for calling in. For those of you that do not know Bill, he's a savage. <laughs> Bill is a damn savage, all right? <laughs> Trust me, he'll let you know, all right? Bill is not shy about uh, telling you he likes something or that he don't like something. Trust me, I know, all right? He's uh, spoke his mind many times calling in. Salutes to you, Bill. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. We're having a lot of discussions surrounding Makai Becton and what's going on here. What are your thoughts about him tweeting out, I am a left tackle? How are you feeling about it? Joe, thanks for having me on. An honor and a privilege as usual to be on here with you. And uh, Makai Becton, you know, he's he's a competitor. This guy, do you want him to say, I, I want to be on the bench? He's, he's a competitive guy. That's what we want. Now it's time for him to show up, so we'll see what happens. He's got to snatch that job away from uh, Dwayne Brown, who's not going to want to give it up that easily. He's spoken to many occasions yep. about how, as an older veteran, he understands the young guys are gunning for him, and it's his job to keep his job. So, you know, it's going to be some friendly competition. That's what it's all about is having guys – in there who are going to compete, push each other. So, like uh, Salah told him, you want the job, go get it. That's what he's got to do. He's you know, got to People it. talking about him being like, you know, uh, I don't know if there's like some sort of immaturity or respect comment or whatever people are kind of saying that, but it's, it's all competitive. This is what these guys do day in and day out. If you ask any of the players, I'm sure they're like, you know, that's what they want to hear and they expect. So I don't think anyone who matters inside the building is offended by it, but, you know, I, I know they have mm-hmm. some people who are making comments out there about it and, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. The end of the day is the guy's gonna have to show up, and uh, I think he's been working hard. You've seen his his videos about him of working out. He's lost fifty pounds. He's determined. Mm-hmm. So this is it. So I'm excited. Yeah. Now I want to get your thoughts on this, right? Sulla's already come out and talked about how you know they're gonna play their best five. He's talked about competition. They preach competition at every position since you know yep. Joe Douglas and Sulla and all these guys have gotten here, right? Let's yep. say Makai Becton steals, or let's say he snatches the left tackle spot, okay? Let's say he, ta- let's say he snatches that. Mm-hmm. Who then do you think is going to play right tackle? Who do you think takes that job? Because from what we know, Dwayne Brown, to this point, is a guy that can only play left tackle. That was talked about when he got here. That was one of the reasons why a lot of people said, oh, we can put Makai on the right, because if Dwayne Brown's going to play, he's going to play left tackle. Who do you think then fills that right tackle spot? You think Max Mitchell grabs it? Is there somebody that you feel like people aren't talking about that would be able to snatch it up? I mean, where do you think the Jets go there? Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, it helped me remember. I don't know if I remember. I thought when Dwayne Brown came, that was the whole thing. He was still going to start on the right side, and then he, and then Makai got hurt, and then they shuffled everything up. They had fans on the left side and put Brown on the um, on the right. Or am I well, they're, mistaking they're, that? Yeah, there, there was well, there was talk about you know him coming in and just being quality backup, like quality backup okay. death, because Makai was on the right side, and then Makai went down while they were in talks, and then he kind of got out, got out the building, and then Makai went down, yeah. and it was like, oh, we definitely need a guy to come in here, 
And so he was grabbed up and swooped up and then came in and was definitely a guy that on left. So what, do you think that right. they end up moving him to the right, or do you feel like, yeah. you know, we end up going to mix Max Mitchell or Billy Turner? What do you think happens? No, I think they, I think they have moved him to the right side. I know they everyone's saying oh, he's never played on the right side, never played on the right side. Mm-hmm. I don't think the guy will quit to retire tomorrow if they tell him he's on the right side. I think he's a competitor. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to show and prove that he's a left side guy in practice. If he doesn't win out, he's going to do what he's asked to do to win. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to remember these guys are a different breed. Everyone thinks that, uh, you know, oh, well, he's going to do this, do that. When you really take a look at some of these interviews and read what these guys are all about, what makes them tick, I mean, you talk about competitors, these guys compete at a level and they want to win at a level we don't understand. And I can't imagine that, you know, if he, if he got beat out, he's just going to play on the right side. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that someone who's as savvy as he is and determined would get beat out. But in case he does, and I've also heard, I don't know if you read about this, some um, discussion that maybe – the Makai on the left side makes sense because of the nature of his injury and of his knee. We'll put less stress on his knee being on the Bill left side than the right side. I, don't, I, I saw something about that. I don't know if that's true yeah, or not. At the end of the that. day, you know, um, everyone's going to play where they, they need to play. I don't I don't know if anyone's that um, right now they want to win. They have, they have Rodgers coming in the building. I don't think they're going to sit there and bicker about who's on which side. At the end of the day, they're going to play up to it. And uh, I anticipate seeing our starting tackles will be Brown and, and Beckton. And I think we're in good shape. Okay. I, and I honestly, I know a lot of people are talking about the draft, and I hear them constantly talking about how, oh, this happened, that happened. I have a hard time believing, and I know I, I, I mentioned this to you before. I, I got to believe McDonald was their guy. I mean, the the options mm-hmm. we didn't trade up to get a tackle, which we knew the tackles when they started running, they were going to go. So if we really wanted a tackle, we'd have to take whatever draft capital we have left and move up and get it. We didn't do that. After um, we got McDonald, but after him. And was like, oh, we could have gotten J- uh, Jackson um, in Jig, but uh, but he he was he was came after he was available. We didn't pick that guy. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. after last year, we dealt with a patchwork offensive line, uh, barely scraped through, and it all came down to the the quarterback play that was the big deficit. So now we have a healthy offensive line. I don't think I don't think Salah is that worried about the offensive line as most people are looking at it, thinking that we have to make all these changes to win right now. So, you know, we have the five guys we have with the rookie at center, which is thank God we got that guy. Uh, yeah. And then I think we just set those five guys up and we just set them forward and going. And I think that's going to open up a lot of now that we have guys healthy and we're not going to have all the ballet that, that LaFleur had for his offensive line. I, I swear he had guys running left, running right, guys running into each other, pulling guards, pulling tackles, pulling centers. Keep it simple. Hit the guy in front of you. It's going to open up the tight ends because now they don't have to block half the time and, and these weird uh, blocking schemes that he had. If we keep it simple, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to open up the tight ends and then you're going to see that vertical game. The, and, and one other idea on this is just the fact that when we're talking about the the, uh, the tackles, we need we need to get uh, the score. This offense is designed to score. We can get some yep. scores going, and that's going to be it's going to ease up everyone if we can actually play with the lead. I don't know when the last time we we're playing with leads consistently. Well, if we can get 14 points on the board, that's going to change the complexion of both sides of the line. Um, you know, then that's going to, to take a lot of pressure off. Uh, I think when we look at the, all the players. But we now we have a quarterback. We can play with the lead and actually see what our guys can do, and that's going to open up and relax the offense and the defense. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy that you were just talking about that because I was speaking about this uh, with with the, uh, another Jets fan recently about the about Hackett coming in and the way mm-hmm. that he's going to implement things. We'll I, I think that we'll see certain players really flourish in this upcoming scheme. Maybe show oh, yeah. a level of talent that. 
you know, maybe a little floor we did not see, right? Guys that are going to have major success that he's just going to be able to reach and put in positions to really have big-time impact that maybe wouldn't have had as much impact under LaFleur and his scheme. And for me, I look at guys like Michael Carter, who I think coming out the backfield is going to be phenomenal in this scheme. I think he's going to be phenomenal with Hackett. I'm telling you, Rogers throwing the ball, we've seen him and Hackett really put things together so that backs coming out the backfield just become a nightmare. And he's one of the guys that I'm telling you, you should look at. If, if, mm. if he's implementing his scheme correctly, boy, he's going to take off. We've seen him do great things. And I'm excited for Garrett Wilson as well. Of course, he was the offensive rookie of the year last season, shattered the New York Jets rookie receiving record. But I think him being moved around in Hackett's scheme as well, I think he's going to be big. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. When you look at this situation, with Nathaniel Hackett being here and our offensive coordinator now, is there a position group or a player that you feel is really going to have a big-time year this upcoming year because of the, the things that we've acquired here? Joe, we're going to see an offensive life we've never seen before. And that's just really oh, what okay. it is. Everyone, okay. yeah, everyone you know, thinks back to last year, you know, when we're struggling through the quarterback situation. And uh, even when you have – you know, Mike White coming in, you have Joe Flacco coming in, you know, these guys are not by any chance guys are going to take us to the next level, but they were putting up major yards. They were getting significant point totals that we've never seen. So now you're going to have Aaron Rodgers come in here. You look at the receivers, like I said, just top to bottom, just stocked. Mm-hmm. Look at the running backs, top to bottom, stocked. Tight ends, we just keep improving on the tight ends. We got the kid out of a, I don't know if you've done research on the guy we just drafted who was out of Old Dominion. That guy was a beast. I mean, mm-hmm. Penn State, he's yeah, out exactly. of control. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, he just he just slipped. So, like, every position when you look on the offense, you know, it's just you have offensive weapons everywhere. So this is this is the kind of situation that we've only dreamed of. And to your point, I'm thinking of tight ends because they were inhibited last year so much. Everyone expected so much activity. Every weekend, we, week in, week out, we're like, what's going on with the tight ends? What's going on? What's going on? They were staying in the mm-hmm. block because we had offensive line men walk around on, on, on wooden legs. And we got uh, um, LaFleur doing ballet out there. So now we line up hit guys in front of us. It's going to open up the tight ends. You know, Conklin, Uzama, people kind of were yeah. wondering what those guys were about. They're going to have the opportunity to move out there. And then you got Ruckert, who I think everybody's excited about. Uh, he's, he's a mm-hmm. game guy. He wants to get out there and show what he can do. You know, we have, uh, I think, another couple of years of the, uh, the free agent tight ends that we had. But now we got the new generation of Ruckert. And then Koontz is coming in behind him also. So. You know, don't forget we have mm-hmm. Kenny uh, Yabo who's on the practice squad for the last couple of years. That guy came out. We paid him a lot of money as an undrafted free agent. So, you know, now we're at the point of the of the of the process where they're just they're just loading up. You know, like Joe is loading up talent uh, at position after position for depth for competition, and then gives them flexibility mm-hmm. when guys have to move on. You know, we can just reload. It's not rebuilding. It's reloading. And I'm, I'm really excited because they're gonna have to mix all these guys in here, and in every position, uh, offensive position, we got significantly better, I think, uh, even by subtraction. And as much as Elijah Moore was a guy that, uh, you know, he's highly talented, he came out. I know a lot of the guys at Ole, at, uh, at, um, Ole Miss really looked up to him. He just, he just was not, you know, he had the opportunity to make plays on the field, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't make anybody fear him on the field. So, you know, by subtraction, got, uh, you know, he moved on. Hopefully he does well at Cleveland. Lazard's in here. He's familiar with Rodgers. Cobb's in there. He's going to help out in the locker room with these guys, help them understand and when it's time to get ready for the game plan, digestion, and understanding the, the scheme. This team, mm-hmm. man, it's like every position on offense is loaded, and we're going to see some numbers. Yeah, 
Yeah, there is. I mean, we're going to see what's happening going on going forward. I'll tell you what, one of the things I like about Nathaniel Hackett as well, and I know a lot of people talk about Aaron Rodgers and coming here. That's, that's phenomenal. But to me, Nathaniel Hackett, right, being a guy that understands Rodgers through and through, he basically built this scheme with Aaron Rodgers. One of the things that I love about Nathaniel Hackett, if you look at his history, he's always had a good running game wherever he's gone and been the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He's always been able to put together a solid running game. Let me tell you something. You want to win in this league, especially when it gets later into the year and it gets cold and it gets muggy, boy, you better be able to run the football. You better be able to run the football. Last time that we were like a really good football team and we were challenging and pushing, we were grounding and pounding, and we were unbelievably physical. And we saw that when when Hackett was in Jacksonville. Everybody knew that uh, Fournette was getting the ball, and nobody could do a darn thing about it. Okay, (laughs) You weren't stopping it. All right, good luck. Okay, Yeah, one of the top rushing offenses that year. And I'm telling you, man, if he can come here and we can get recommitted to running the football effectively, that eases up a lot of things, especially for Aaron Rodgers. And we all know that Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. But handing that ball off late, you know, in the year, being able to get yards on the ground, being able to get physical with people is going to be huge. Now, my next question yeah. for you, man, I, there's a lot of talk. We Go, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you – give me your thoughts on that. Oh, yeah, real, real quick, just in terms of what you're saying, like you're talking about the running game. What happens with – Tomlinson, I don't know what happened with him last year. What happens if he gets his head on straight? That was a big issue mm-hmm. that people yep. don't talk about. The interior. If he gets yeah, his head on yeah. straight, he's got Dwayne Brown. He's healthy. We get uh, all our guys back healthy. And then uh, Tomlinson, if that guy can get his head on straight, whatever was, was issuing him, if we get that straight, what's mm-hmm. that run game going to look like? So to your point, yep. it's just going to be a huge year. I know a lot of fans are looking at like a lot of different things. But I just I look at this roster, and it's just going to be explosive to the likes. You know, we got Kansas City coming to town. We could win that game. People understand yeah. they have to take a look at its offense. We can compete with any offense. You look at the schedule. I don't see a team on there that I'm afraid of. So, go mm-hmm. ahead. yeah, I know you're limited time there, Joe. So I just wanted to throw that in. No, no, no. Listen, you're, you're giving us great takes. You know, I got I got to move in shape, but you're giving us great takes now. Give me your thoughts on this, man. We saw Coach Sella kind of struggle with game management last season, right? right? We've seen it every so often, right? We saw the Lions game. I think it was one of the biggest ones. He even came out after the game and admitted, hey, man, I jacked that up. I should have caught that timeout. It would have gave us more of a chance. We could have got a W there. With all the pressure and expectations that are on the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers being here, a lot of people saying we're win now. A lot of people saying, hey, we need to make a deep playoff run. Some people saying it's Super Bowl or bust. We've had people call in here and say Super Bowl or bust. When you look at that and everything that's going on, do you think that the game management issues, the clock management issues will be cleaned up by us acquiring a coach like Nathaniel Hackett to be able to come in here and help Coach Seller with those situations? Do you think that those situations now are alleviated and won't happen this next upcoming season? Give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. That's exactly it. When you talk about the issues we had last time, um, LaFleur, promising guy, but look before he, he doesn't have a resume. This was his first offensive coordinator gig. And as much as everybody mm-hmm. in the world thinks every job is easy, it's a complicated job. There's a lot going on. Remember the beginning of the season, he was on the sidelines saying, oh, I want to be close to my quarterback. That didn't work. He got up in the booth. You know, there's a lot of these things that from experience, you just kind of have to, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. So you have mm-hmm. Hackett there. You know, he's an experienced guy. He's been around the block. He can help solid with those situations. And like LaFleur, who is still learning, you know, he's learning his job for the most part. He kind of saw it from a distance, but he was deep in it. Hackett's been there. You have... Uh, you know, you have this whole – the whole environment is different. LaFleur was there with the rookie quarterback, rookie quarterback, rookie offense coordinator. There was friction. We heard about all the issues going on with those guys going at each other. You know, you have the harmony now where they can just focus on the job when the preparation week in, week out is a lot easier because 
you think about it, Hackett and and Rogers just have to kind of you know it's going to be a cursory kind of thing. If Rogers can install the game plan on his own, which is what you want from your quarterback, so that you can go ahead and you can continue to look for other things and work on the other aspect of the game planning, like specialty situations, like you know making sure that you guys have it down in terms of in this down and distance in this time or for down by this much. What do we do? So that's going to free it up. All the drama that was going on behind the scenes with a lot of these guys who didn't really work well together. Now we have a proven set of guys who have worked together. Everyone's all in. There's going to be more time. It's like anything else in life. If you don't have drama, you have more time to focus on, you know, fine-tuning the things that you need to fine-tune. So I expect we should see a lot of change in that this year going into these sorts of situations where Salah has his own experience, the experience of Hackett, and they have, don't have a lot of that noise during the preparation week so they can focus on those things. Because keep in mind, remember what we hear mm-hmm. was saying that, Floor had to dump down the offense because it was just too complicated. It was too complicated for everyone. Yep. That's not saying that the guys yep. were not smart. You know, uh, you know, Zach works. He's a hardworking guy. He's a hardworking guy, but he's also a young guy who's learning a new job and new offensive system. So, you know, it was difficult. You don't have that problem. Aaron Rodgers knows the whole system. So, at this point, like you said, you have Hackett there. He's been around the block. It's another set of eyes. Salah couldn't look at LaFleur and ask him, what have you seen in this situation before because he hadn't seen anything, you know, from that, from mm-hmm. that seat. So, yeah, a lot of these issues uh, should clean themselves up. Uh, and in the end of the day, I think that uh, Woody's not getting rid of Fry. He's not. I mean, there may be a hot seat, but I think Woody mm-hmm. is, is pretty much all in. They're all in this thing together. Um, they moved as of one unit when they pivoted to get the whole quarterback thing taken care of to get Rodgers in. So I, I think at this point it's just a matter of, you know, as long as we don't have injuries, we don't have anything crazy happen, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. like I think we're in good shape. I, I don't. I'm not that concerned about it. I think all the, uh, the 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 issues that happened last year due to inexperience are all gone. Yeah, yeah. Listen, before I let you go, Bill, because you brought some heat tonight. The New York Jets. There's a lot of expectations for them to be in a lot of prime time games, and uh, we know the schedule's <laughs> coming up around the corner as falls. Yeah, yeah. There's people screaming already. You, know, you already know how it is. Schedule is supposed to be released, I believe, <laughs> Thursday. What is your prediction for the amount of primetime games the New York Jets will have? How many do you think we'll have this upcoming season? Primetime games, I think you're going to have to get a couple. I don't know if we're going to get a whole lot. I just think that here's the thing. I think they're going to give us more than our share, maybe like two, because they want to see us fail. Two? Okay. Everybody wants to see us fail. So I think – they're going to put us because we become the new villain. I don't know how we become a villain. We've not won anything. Like, I mean, in my whole life, we never won. But it's like mm-hmm. now we're the villains. So I think they're going to want to capitalize on that. I think we're going to get a couple of primetime games. Uh, mm-hmm. I think two would be fair. But, um, yeah, I think I think that would be good to see. I'm, I'm just looking forward to okay. seeing the uh, the schedule, man, because – uh, that that home game, that away game against the Giants is a is a, is a Christmas present, man. Because that's not even an away game, so they get to stay home yeah. and count that as an away game. So we have like one less away game, and then we have the Chiefs mm-hmm. coming, uh, the Chargers are coming, um, that was the other team. Oh, the, uh, the Eagles are coming. So like three mm-hmm. games that you know we really I'd be concerned about. They're all at home, you know. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. But for prime time, man, I don't care. Prime time. Sunday, Saturday, Thursday, I don't care, man. I just want to get them on the field. I want to see it happen. I want to see a, a team go out there and shut up all these Green Bay Packer fans who keep talking garbage, even though, like, the trade <laughs> happened two weeks ago. They're still out there acting like every little thing that happens. It's like they're a bunch of children. They have nothing else to do out there oh, in Wisconsin. Listen, But it's, like, it's unbelievable, Bill, man. So I just can't no. wait until they get started, strap it on, and just shut these guys up. 
Bill, do not get the. They've been after me, and I have not paid attention. Okay, I'm, I'm letting it be. <laughs> oh, known. they're still I, they're still going. I, I, they're still talking about stuff. It's like oh, we just have to ignore. Oh. Like we guys still talking about that. We're moving on. <laughs> Bill, in I'm telling you, in my mentions every day. Oh, you know, I mean anything, everything. They just blame Aaron Rodgers for anything and everything. The economies, there's something going on with it. It's Aaron Rodgers. Damn. <laughs> Ice ice fishing season is over. There's nothing else to do. (laughs) It's wild. It's wild. But I I don't pay no mind to them, okay? I just keep on moving. But trust, they be trying to get after me as well. And I I just mind my business. And they they see that I rep the Jets. And so it's issues. Listen, Bill, it's been phenomenal. It's been phenomenal speaking with you. You have yourself a good night, my friend. You're the man. Thank you. Talk to you next week. All right. You have a good one. (laughs) Listen, man. I'm telling you, I got Packers fans that be trying to get after me for no reason. <laughs> just be minding my business. And they just come, oh, yeah, you guys, you think you're just going to run everything with Aaron Rodgers? Dude, I'm just trying to eat a sandwich. <laughs> what are you coming after me for? I, I, what? I didn't do nothing to you. You know? Jeez Louise. Y'all need to just let it go and get over it. We're going to keep going with these callers in a second. Dwayne, I see you. Other callers as well. Hold on. But I got to address the savages in the chat, okay? Christopher Phillips salutes. He says, I can't call in tonight, but I think the Jets should still add Donovan Mitchell. He's from Uniondale, NY, home of the Jets training facility at Hoster. We'll see if they do that, all right? Jack Kenna also in the chat salutes to Jack. Jack says, there's a lot of Raiders shows starting to put out trades for Quinn and Williams. Haven't watched them yet. What is the chatter about? I don't know. Listen, the chatter is about this, Jack. I understand that people are talking about Quinn and Williams possibly being traded, and Dwayne, we're going to come to you in just a second. But that is not uh, a definite here, okay? There's contract discussions going on. This happens all around the league, okay? He's already – he told us at the end of last season, at the end of the season presser, that if the Jets did not extend him before anything voluntary was happening, then he wouldn't show up. We all know that Quinn Williams at some point is going to get an extension. He's going to get a new contract and, you know, going to be kept a Jet to this point, right? We all, we've heard Joe Douglas come out and talk about it. But again, there's a lot of other things that still need to take place. Aaron Rodgers and his contract situation supposed to be reworked as well. There's been rumors that that's going to give the New York Jets major cap relief. Those are rumors that are swirling, okay, that it's going to give us major cap relief going forward because Aaron Rodgers wants to win and he wants to help the New York Jets surround him with enough talent to win, okay? So all of these things that are moving and shaking, at this point, okay, I'm okay with the game just continuing to go on as long as we get Quinn and Williams signed sometime soon. Okay. Negotiations are going. I don't think the New York jets are going to trade him. I don't think that happens. Okay. But I know that there's a lot of teams out there. I remember green Bay Packer fans were screaming about trade us Quinn and Williams too. And it was like, come on, bro. Y'all tripping. Q's still here. He's still a jet. And uh, we'll figure it out. Joe Douglas is going to figure that out. I think he's going to keep Quinn and Williams a jet. The guy with the, New York Jets leading uh, sack guy last season. I think he had 12 sacks. He led the New York Jets. So I think he stays here, the disruption and everything that he caused, and he's a guy, again, that, uh, you know, has been on a straight and narrow here, really shown up and shown out. So salute to the savages. We'll come back to y'all. All right. 
I've got a lot of thoughts, a lot of questions that I want to hear. But now we're going to go back, okay, to the callers. we got to get back because this, this guy, Dwayne, I know he's got some takes. We're coming directly to Dwayne. Other callers as well. Hold on. We'll get to you guys in a second. We're coming to Dwayne immediately. For those of you that do not know, that man, Dwayne, he's a savage. <laughs> Damn, Dwayne. Dwayne's a savage, man. A lot of people, uh, <laughs> you know, don't know. He be sliding around. He he definitely gets his takes out there. Salutes to you, Dwayne. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. We've been talking about the Jets and the coaching staff and everything that's going on. Give me your thoughts about the Jets' offense. Nathaniel Hackett's here. He's our offensive coordinator. It's his first year as a Jets' offensive coordinator. Are you concerned about the Jets' offense? maybe stammering and stuttering a little bit and taking a bit of time to really get themselves into solid shape, you know, going into the season. Are you worried about that? I think, um, and by the way, what's up, Joe, man? How you doing? Um, Salute. I, I, do, I do think uh, with the addition of Aaron Rodgers and the type of weapons we have, mm-hmm. I think we can drive some teams in the first couple of games. I don't think we're going to have it all together or what our offense is going to be and, and everything that we need it to be. But, mm-hmm. you know, you got McCall. You know, nobody wants to play the run when you have McCall Hardman on the field. You want to play pretty deep. And mm-hmm. you have, um, you know what I'm saying, you have Brees Hall, and I think that's what he might lean on in the first couple of games. And I think that's what mm-hmm. he should lean on is, is Brees Hall and get the running game going. And then um, Aaron Rodgers can take it from there. Um, I think I think I'm not, I don't think it's going to come out the door as the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think we'll, mm-hmm. we'll surprise some teams. I think that's what we'll do. Um, yeah. Nobody knows what we own right now, so that's what I think will be have the advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, you know, it takes time, and I and I tell you know a lot of people this: it takes time to install an offense. You know, and this is not like a super. Uh, you know, brand new kind of scheme because again, we're we're taking a lot of the same concepts and keeping them. But they have talked about just the ticks, you know, the different verbiages and things that's going to come with having Nathaniel Hackett here as our offensive coordinator. It's going to change some things. And of course, we brought in guys like Lazard, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, Billy Turner. These guys know the scheme, and so they're going to be able to help guys, you know, get things together. But you know, it always takes a little bit of time, generally, especially. When you look at the NFL often, especially for the first, you know, maybe a couple of games into the season, you'll see that even great offenses kind of sputter a little bit, you know, until they really find their footing and then, you know, really get their momentum and get going. So we'll see what happens. But, again, there's so many guys familiar and so many guys, uh, you know, we have so many great coaches that are great teachers as well. I think that we can come out the gate and be pretty solid. And one of those things that I think is that I think the New York Jets will be able to kind of lean on the running game. I feel like – Nathaniel Hackett is going to commit to the running game more than Mike LaFleur did, and I think that that's going to help the New York Jets early as well. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that uh, we'll see Nathaniel Hackett really lean on the running game more than LaFleur has done in the past and not give it up as quickly as we saw LaFleur do in the past as far as, you know, with in-game adjustments? Well, I know, I know Nathaniel Hackett um, has a history of, you know, being a almost run-first Type of guy, mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. you know that's when mm-hmm. he got uh, what the Jaguars Jaguars quarterback he had. That's how he kind of got Blake Bortles. 
Blake Bortles was trash. Yeah, yeah but hold on, hold on. We, well, we got Blake Bortles, any mention of him. Oh, oh not just that, he's getting blood. I'm sorry, Blake Bortles is terrible. Go ahead, Dwayne. Jeez. No, no, I understand. I understand where that comes from. Um, <laughs> he wasn't. He, he wasn't the most successful quarterback uh, we've ever seen. No. Um, but he did have a standout season with him. You know, he had what, he did. thirty-five touchdowns. I mean, for yep. Blake Bortles, thirty-five touchdowns. That's you know, that's remarkable. So if he can mm-hmm. bring something like that, you know, to you know, bring Blake Bortles, I'm, I'm suspecting that he can bring. Somewhere around that with Aaron Rodgers, but just maybe a little bit more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think he'll lean on the run just because that's kind of his his scheme, the way he, the way he kind of runs the scheme. You know, he kind mm-hmm. of runs that that that, uh, that play that play option type of offense. You know, what I'm saying, I, you know, what I'm saying, if he can get some of that going with uh, mm-hmm. with Brees Hall and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, teams will be teams will be going a little crazy trying to figure out how to stop us. So I think, yeah, I think that's what he's believing towards you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, everywhere he's gone, there's been a solid running game. I talked to people about Jacksonville. You brought that up as well. Blake Bortles, he was able to have him in a year, but he played very well, and that was Blake Bortles. But I remember Leonard Fournette was the guy, like the guy you know, running the mm-hmm. football around the league that year. And everybody knew that he was getting the ball, right? And nobody could stop it. <laughs> nobody could do anything about it because of how Hackett had things schemed up and ready to go. Now, my next question for you, man, right? You look at this Jets offense, right? When you look at a player, you look at the roster from, you know, past this past season, you know, is there a player that you're looking at going into this season that you feel will greatly benefit from Nathaniel Hackett being our offensive coordinator? Is there other guy that you're looking at that you're like, man, this guy's definitely going to have a big pivotal impact on the New York Jets offense going forward because Hackett is going to be able to utilize him correctly? Um, if anybody, I think it's I think it's Brees. I think I know Brees was kind of running us to the playoffs anyway last year. Mm-hmm. But then now you have with the addition of Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett and him, him being an all-around player, I think Brees. Um, and I think if, if I think if Izzy gets on the field, he's going to do a little bit more than he would have done with many other teams. Um, mm-hmm. From you know just his athleticism and his success in college, um, that's where I really see it. You know what I'm saying? My, my only other guy is a long shot to even get on the field, so that's why I'm not going to say him, but it would have been Zach Koontz. If he was mm. able to get on the field and make this team, I think, because, you know, Green Bay kind of had that spread offense. You could get a bunch of receivers on the field with that guy, you know, with, with, with mm. Green Bay's offense. So if they would had something like that um, in New York where you could get Koontz on the field. When I was watching Koontz, man, an old Dominion, I was watching, like, actual game tape. There were plays where, mm-hmm. I know it's old to me, but there were plays where it's just like, yo, we, we need to score. We need like 20 yards. Um, I'm going to look directly. At, I'm talking about this quarterback. Looked at him the whole play. Everybody yeah. knew where he was going, and he just tossed it up to him, and he, and he caught mm-hmm. the ball. Good mm-hmm. Decent route running. 
I don't see what they're mm-hmm. talking about with bad route running. I, I see he runs. It looks lethargic. Okay, yeah, I get that. But he's mm-hmm. shaking people out of their boots sometimes. So if he was to get on the field, I think he would be significantly better than people think he would be. But with, yeah. with the Jets, I don't it's a, you never know with the Jets. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are expecting Koontz to, you know, really, really do business and take off. I, again, I know the physical – the, the measurables from him physically is off the charts. I mean, 6'8", the guy can run, like he can move. I think he ran like a 4'5", or a 4'4", four, four, something like that, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. at, at the combine. It was something like that, right? Uh, you know, look, I get the measurables are off the charts, but there is some things he's got to work on. And, again, I think we're loaded at tight end, but we'll see. Maybe he's a guy that just makes, you know, becomes a star. But I do think if the Jets can stash him in that practice squad, boy, he's going to be a guy that they can work with. And continue forward, but when when we're talking about Nathaniel Hackett having you know impacts on guys that I I think will really be able to show up in ways that maybe they didn't show up in Lafleur's offense um, consistently. You talked about Brees Hall. We'll see when we get him back, but he's a guy I definitely think is going to benefit as well. Um, Michael Carter is a guy I think uh, man him coming out the backfield. I think he'll have more of an impact uh, this upcoming season than he did last season. Um, I like our tight end, you know, position group as a whole to step up as well in this upcoming offense. Uh, C.J. Uzama, since he's gotten here, has really got nothing. Tyler Conklin has been a guy that's gotten a lot of catches as well, moving around. But I expect him to be utilized more frequently within the red zone because they're big bodies, especially with Nathaniel Hackett. But I think a guy, man, I cannot wait to see within this offense that I think is really going to be able to tune it up and go. Garrett Wilson, man. And I know he was the offensive rookie of the year last year, the up-and-down quarterback play. He looked good. But with what we have now with the weapons added, but with Nathaniel Hackett being able to utilize him and his talent, boy, I'm telling you, it's going to be off the charts with him. Like, the league is the league is not scared enough of, of Garrett Wilson, and they will be terrified this upcoming season because he's going to unleash on everyone. Trust me, he's going to unleash. I cannot wait to see that kid. Now, as we continue to talk about this Jets, you know, coaching staff, we saw Sulla from time to time have issues with game management this past season, right? Most notably the Lions game where we lost that game. He didn't call timeouts when need to. Bad clock management, bad game management. With all of the expectations raised and people, you know, expecting a lot from the New York Jets, a lot of people talking Super Bowl or bust, the pressure is on. Do you think that with some of the other coaches that we brought, we brought in, they'll be able to help Sulla with game management so that that doesn't continue to become an issue? I mean, me personally, I've never seen an assistant coach, a coordinator, help with game management as far as timeouts and all that stuff like that. I've never seen that. So yeah, there, I wouldn't say Yeah, there's been guys that have there, – there was right, guys that I've helped Rex it. as well with, like, the clock and stuff like that, guys that helped. But mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. I've seen guys hired for that particular purpose. <laughs> I've seen that. Um, I've really seen like a guy that has another job that's basically helping with that. Um, but I will say this. Uh, that type of stuff comes with experience and time. You know what I mean? Like, we've, ne- we, we, we've, we've had this complaint multiple times with a bunch of coaches already. And what's the, the common denominator is a lot of these guys are first-time coaches, you know, pretty new coaches or, you know, they didn't have a lot of experience. They're not Bill Belichick out here. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are relatively new. Yeah. Um, 
So I know those coaches did other things to get themselves fired, but I don't think – I think Salah should be kept, and, and, and he's going to develop more when it comes to game management with that time. So mm-hmm. um, I don't yep. think – I don't think there's. I don't think it's going to make that huge of a difference this year. Mm-hmm. For time clock management, it's either we're a playoff team or we're not. It's not. I don't, I don't think we're going to be a timeout away from playoffs. You know what I mean? Okay. No, listen, I hear you. Now, as we talk about this roster, Makai Beckton came out and said, "I am a left tackle." Now that tweet was deleted. He also got ripped by Boomer Esiason for it. There's some people, you know, we've had people call in tonight that have talked about, hey, the social media stuff, not for me, okay? Just go out there and prove it on the field. What are your thoughts about Makai tweeting that? And uh, do you feel like the criticism of him is unfair? Do you feel like it's warranted? What are your thoughts on it? Man, I hate to say this, but what can we take serious about what Makai Bacton has to say? I mean, Last year, he had the, the, the bus shirt, and every, he was saying everybody's against him, and they're doubting him, and they're trying to say he's 400 pounds. Well, turned out you were 400 pounds. You were overweight, and people that were calling you a bust had a little bit of credence to them because you you've missed, what, two years now, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. So he needs – I'm not – not, and he's, he's getting some credit now because – He's actually lost the weight. He actually put in the work, so I give him that. But, but yeah, it's, it's time to shut that down. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not going to win that contract on Twitter. You're going to win it on the field. Okay. Okay. That, you know, what, what What are you going to do with, with saying it? You know what I mean? The last couple of guys who had so much to say, they were on this team. You know, they got traded. They went somewhere else. You didn't even get mm. your 50-year contract with them. And you're talking about I have a left tackle. You know what I'm saying? I hate to say it. Last time I saw you, you was getting your butt kicked um, by uh, what's our what's our what's our right end name again? I keep forgetting the name. Y'all have got bad memory. Are oh, you talking about um, Carl Lawson? Yeah, you talking yeah, about you Carl Lawson. Yeah, you getting your butt kicked in practice by Carl Lawson, right? All summer, mm-hmm. and then you you got your butt your butt handed to you by Brian Burns um, in that first game mm-hmm. before you got rolled. That's the last thing I saw from you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get you had a good season the year before, but, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't looking too good going into that season. So you got – you got to me, you got a lot to prove because, you know, you your last outing wasn't so great. You know what I mean? So okay. you saw my left tackle? Think about making a starter. You know what I'm saying? And mm. it's sad to say that because you got, what, Dwayne Brown is just 73 years old. You got to, you know, we just drafted an injured tackle. You know what I'm saying? So you might win by default, but, bro, come on. Don't don't make if – if, if you see George Fant get signed, you really need, got something to worry about, bro. If you see that – speaking to Makai Barrett, if you see George Fant get signed, you really need to get in the gym and do what you got to do. Listen, Makai's put in the work. I'm going to say this. Makai's put in the work. I think he's a guy that uh, is definitely going to be able to grab grab a spot. I think I could see him grabbing that left tackle spot. The only guy standing in his way is Dwayne Brown, and you know we'll definitely. see what happens going forward, right? But uh, he's put in the work. I understand the criticisms that people have had of him, and a great thing you said is, hey, you're not going to win that that contract on Twitter, all right? That's 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 pointing words right there, and I respect it. 
But uh, I think the Makai Beckton is going to bounce back this season, and I think he's going to show people, you know, hey, I'm a special player and I'm a special type of guy. All right? So that's, that's all I'm going to say. Now, my next question for you, when you look at this offensive line, right, and you look at the situation that we have here, you look at a guy like Lakin Thomason, man, what are your thoughts about him? I mean, isn't he a guy in your mind that has to really step up this year and have a better season this season than he did last season? I mean, um, when he was a much better player, he was actually kind of surrounded by some really good players on on both mm-hmm. sides when he was in San Francisco. Um, and I think some 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 guards are like that. Some guards they they play better when they when they're surrounded by guys they don't have to worry about. And mm-hmm. there's some guards who kind of take over everything. They see everything. Their awareness is great. They can shift. They can move. Pick up for guys who aren't doing so well. And Lakin might be the guy where he he might need guys that he doesn't have to worry about beside him, so he can do his job. You know, because I don't think mm-hmm. he just fell out of, fell off out of nowhere. I mean, he's only 30 years mm-hmm. old or something. So, um, well, I think with Tipman, like I said, I think Tipman is, is special. Uh, he may take time to really yeah. get where he needs to be, but Tipman is special. You know what I mean? And then you got uh, hopefully Makai on the left side. You know what I'm saying? So um, he should play better. I mean, you got you got Aaron Rodgers that's going to really, you know, people forget about Aaron Rodgers what he does for an offensive line. He you know he know he's seen so much. He knows stunts. He knows blitzes. You know what I'm saying? And he can give you that heads up before mm-hmm. things really cool. So, um, I mean, he used to do that with everybody, receivers, offensive linemen. So he should be better. I don't see why Lakin should play under par this year. You know what I mean? If, it's, if not, then I don't know, man. Like, maybe he don't like, uh, you know, New York. Uh, I, maybe, he, you know, it's too cold over here. I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? If you come in here and you, all of a sudden you're not a, you're not a Pro Bowl level player no more. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got to step it up because last season, whoo, that, that play was very up and down there. So he's definitely going to be a guy I'm looking at. Now, before I let you go, Dwayne, you've been bringing the heat, man. The New York Jets, a lot of expectations. The schedule's coming out on Thursday. A lot of people talking about the possibility of the Jets having quite a bit of primetime games. Give me your prediction on how many primetime games you think the New York Jets will have this upcoming season. I mean, looking at our opponents, I see three. I see three prime time games. Okay. I see, I see that they were talking about a New York Giants September 11th game. That has to be prime time, right? Yeah. They were, yeah. So then I think they're good. NFL is going to look at it like, yo, know, the matchup we've always wanted, but only unfortunately Brady's gone, but we're still going to do it. You know, Rodgers versus the Patriots. That's going to be yep, one of yeah. those the prime time games. That's a fact. And at the yeah, at the end, there's going to be a prime time game because the Jets always get stuck with one of their division rivals, the one of the best ones in their the division. That always is the mm-hmm. challenge of them getting to the playoffs. I don't think we're going to be too too challenged to get to the playoffs this year, and I think it's going to be a prime time game with the Bills or the Dolphins, probably the Bills, the end of the season. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Those are good takes right there. Listen, Dwayne, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. You have some good takes, man. All right, man. Joe, appreciate it, man. Love your show. 
I thank you so much, man. Salute. You have yourself a good one, my friend. All right, we're going to keep getting to these lines. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Jeffy Casey salutes to you. Good to see you in here. He says, bad QBs are hard to forget. They are. They are. <laughs> Trust. I'm a Jets fan. We've had a lot of them. All right. Christian Hackenberg. Whoa. <laughs> He stunk. <laughs> that guy sucks. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get to these lines. 515 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. I'm so glad that Aaron Rodgers is the New York Jets quarterback. It's been a, it's been a tough road here. All right. Next call I'm going to is my guy, Perry. Steve will come to you in a second. Other callers will hold on. Ronald Perry, salute to you, my friend. I want to thank you for calling in. For those of you that do not know, that man Perry, he's a savage. <laughs> salute to you, my friend. We're talking about the Jets, man. We're talking about Makai. A lot of people upset that Makai tweeted out, I am a left tackle, got ripped by Boomer Esiason for it. What are your thoughts about the criticisms, and do you think they're warranted? You know what? I definitely understand the criticism because it seems like we've been dealing with Becton and his BS for years now, mm-hmm. and we just expect, yeah. we just expect so much better from him. And honestly, I expect so much better from him, like to the degree where I don't even want to give up on him. But I'm at mm. the point where you don't get it right this time. That's it. I'm done. I said, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm closing the door. I'm done. I don't care what they do with him after that because we gave him too Ooh. many chances. That's too much, man. I kind of feel the same way about mm-hmm. Zach, honestly, but, but dealing with Beckton right now, I truly feel that way. Like, I, I can't – I don't want to do it no more. It's kind of a headache now. Like, if I want him to come back and don't come back and do good. I want him to come back and do great because that's what he's supposed to – he's a first-round pick. He's supposed to come and do yeah. great things. Seriously. Yeah. Yo, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I understand everyone's frustration with Makai. You know, he's been injured. Again, he did have a, a, a player thrown into the back of him. I just want to make that clear, all right? Some people that get lost sometimes. But, you know, hey, look, Makai's worked himself back in shape. He's looking phenomenal. And I'm expecting big things from him in this upcoming season. He's got a ton of motivation, right? No fifth-year option. He's playing for a contract, essentially, right? Even if not here, it could be somewhere else. I think he shows up and shows out. And I think the only guy really standing in his way from taking that left tackle spot is Dwayne Brown. And even Sulla said it. Listen, if you want to, you want that left tackle, go get that left it's competition. Exactly. You know, so if you want it, it's there. He's got to go eat. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Exactly. Now, when you look at this, when you look at this offensive line, I have some big expectations for ATV as well. I feel like we don't talk about him enough on this show. Some people feel like I talk about him too much, but I don't think I do. Right? ATV coming yeah, a- back. A- you know, a- of course, you got ATV is an all star man. Yeah, AVT, and we know, right? This guy's phenomenal. Give me your thoughts about him coming back this upcoming season. How are you feeling about him, and do you think he'll return to dominance coming off of that injury that he had last season? There's no doubt about it. I'm not even – that's not even, like – that's not even an issue. 
I know ABC mm-hmm. is coming back to dominate. Continue. Yeah. I really think he's one of the best in the league, honestly. Yeah. That's that's not even an issue. I'm I'm I think that's what I, that's where you hear me talk about Beckton because honestly he's mm-hmm. the issue. ABT is not even the issue. We're not we're not even worried about ABT is an all star and we know he would have been he would have been like to the Pro Bowl. He's that good. He's come mm-hmm. on, like he's he's one of the best. He's one of the and yo and honestly, I I gotta say before I forget, I gotta say, I'm so glad that they got a new punter and got rid of man because a lot of the times people, I mean, yeah. he's not really a new punter. We already had him before, but yeah, more I'm fair. glad that yeah. you know we're, we're willing to do things here with with you know as far as the punter goes because you know it, it's such a, I mean. People sleep on like a punter and a kicker, but those, those are some important. I mean, such important roles in the in the um yeah. in the game because you know they they make or break sometimes. A lot of the times yeah. they don't make or break players. So I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that that we're um willing to willing to try things with this guy. So what's yeah, I'm, no. I can't wait to see how this goes, man. I really do. Yeah, listen, you're talking facts now. Before I let you go. You've been bringing some takes, man. How many primetime games do you think the New York Jets will have next season? What's your prediction, man? I think we're going to have about five of them. You know, I'm, mm. I'm, and that's kind of under. I think we're probably going to have more, but I'm just, like, lowest lowest count, I'm going to say five, you know, because okay. we, we know we know it's, it's going down. This is going down 2023. You know, we, we, got, okay. we got who we want. It's it's gonna be big things. Big things are big things are popping. It's definitely gonna take off for us. You know it. Mm. Just okay. Just know it. Listen. Know it. Perry's bringing heat, man. He's bringing the heat. <laughs> Listen, I gotta let you go, Ron. I got other calls. I wanna thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good one, my friend. You too. What? Took it easy. All right. Salute. We're going to keep getting to these lines, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Next, I'm going to go to my guy, Steve. Vinny, other callers as well. We'll get to you guys in one second. Vinny will come to you next after Steve. Just hold on, all right? Salute, Steve. I want to thank you for calling in. For those of you that do not know Steve. <laughs> Salute, Steve. I want to thank you for calling in. Listen, Makai Becton tweets out, I am a left tackle. A lot of people upset about that. Boomer size and ripped him. How are you feeling about it? Here's the message. Earn it. Mm. Earn it. Mm. You got to get what you wanted. You got it. Mm. Steve comes that, in that. with the fire. He comes in with the fire. He said, earn it. Here, Here we go. Okay, Steve, let's go. That's the same thing the fellow said. Listen, you want the left tackle, go get your left tackle. It's competition. Hey, Joe, listen, first of all, again, thank you again for having me on your show. It's always great talking to you you and all that stuff. I guess a couple of things, though, to talk about, because since you you spoke about the thing with Bakai back then, Joe, here is Mm -hmm. a question that I have. A few shows ago, I brought up a guy that you hate. Are you still upset at me? that I brought up his name on the show. Well, you know, Steve, look, I, I'm not, I'm not upset with you. Right. But that, that guy, I, I don't want to hear about that guy anymore. All right. Especially trying to give that guy some type of, you know, some type of 
bravo for his service here or make him seem like a positive character here. That guy, as far as I'm concerned, he's flush. <laughs> All right. You heard that? You heard that? That crisp. That means he's flushed. Okay. When he was here, it was a complete train wreck. All right. It was awful. Oh, I don't ever want to hear about that guy again. Don't come on here trying to give him any type of kudos or anything. Okay. He is gone. That was some of the most pointless Jets football I've ever watched. All right. He ruined things here. But out of the chaos, right, we're back into a position. We're in a good spot. All right. We've mm-hmm. got a lot of great things going here. We got Nathaniel Hackett here, offensive coordinator. And I want you to give me your thoughts about this, Steve. You look at the situation. Nathaniel Hackett's our offensive coordinator now. What do you think will be the New York Jets' off- identity offensively? You know, I, I think I think when I look at this offense, you know, I think it's going to be more of like a play-action offense because the thing is, mm-hmm. that's the kind of quarterback, you know, that Aaron Rodgers and I think Nathaniel Hackett brought in when they were in Green Bay together. I think it's going to be more of that kind of style offense, like a play-action style offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially with our running game going as well as we all think it will go. And we know Nathaniel Hackett definitely has a history of creating great running offenses, right? Play action is going to come into play because people are going to get sucked in thinking, hey, they're handing the ball off to Brees Hall or Michael Carter or Izzy. Maybe Izzy cracks, you know, this year cracks that uh, that rotation. He's in there running the football, running a rock card or Bam Knight or whoever it is. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got to really account for these guys, right? And that's when you get them and you burn them on the back end. Now, that is a great take there, Steve. Now, when you look at the situation as well, there's been a lot of questions about Sulla, too. A lot of people questioning his game management, clock management. We saw that be an issue, right? We saw it in a, a game uh, against the Lions. It was a it was an issue there in that game. Do you think with some of the new coaches, particularly Nathaniel Hackett, that they'll be able to help Sulla with the clock management and game management so that that doesn't become an issue in this upcoming season? Yes. Yeah, I definitely think so. And not only that, Aaron Rodgers will also definitely be a big help too with clock management. Mm. And remember, Aaron Rodgers, you always got to remember, he knows how to like, the one of the reasons why, why Aaron Rodgers is so good, still like one of the best quarterbacks of the game, he knows how to handle the clock really well. And the other thing that you got to remember what Aaron Rodgers also could do is, and we've seen this before in the past with Green Bay, and I really hope he could do this a lot. That will definitely help the Jets' offense. He can make defensive mm-hmm. players draw off sides. Yep. Yeah. You no, never yeah. mentioned that's, that, that's Joe. Facts. That's fa- No, that's facts. You're bringing some takes, Steve. That is facts. Okay? We saw that with Peyton Manning. We've seen it with Tom Brady. We've seen it with various of these top quarterbacks that do that. Yeah. Those are guys, they run up to the line. They'll catch you off sides. They hike the ball before you can get over, and that's a free five yards or a free down. So, We've seen that. That was a darn good take right there. Now, but before I let you go, Steve, my final question for you, man, you look at this situation, a lot of people have big expectations for the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers is here. The, the pressure is going through the roof. How many primetime games do you expect the New York Jets to have this upcoming season, man? I'm going to go with five. going to go with five. Ooh, okay. Because I think okay. cause the thing is, Everybody all wants to see Aaron Rodgers on TV and all that stuff. 
But, you know, a lot of Jets fans can't wait until when the regular season schedule comes out. I mean, my prediction is for the first game of the year, and I and honestly, I just have the gut feeling that this is going to happen. I think we open the season Monday night football against the Giants and MetLife, but the Jet, but technically mm. it's going to be a road game for us because mm-hmm. because this year the Giants are going to be the home team for that game. But the one thing that is nice about the Jets' schedule is, Joe, if you look at the schedule very, very closely, we technically mm-hmm. play 10 home games this year in MetLife. The road game with the, with the Giants and then nine mm-hmm. other games, which is our technical home game. So pretty much 10 yeah. of the 17 games, we're going to be in East Rutten first. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful situation. And I know, Joe, you predicted. Joe, last thing I'll I'll say this. I know you're going to still predict this. So you're predicting Mm -hmm. that the Jets will open the season at home against New England. Am I correct? I'm thinking that that that's what's going to happen. For for some reason, I think that that's what's going to happen. Either that or they'll get a home opener against the Giants. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm not sure. But I'm thinking at at this point, I'm thinking Patriots. But we'll see. But I'm thinking Patriots. I All feel right, like we'll see what happens Aaron Rodgers night, my friend. matched up with them is going to be phenomenal. But listen, Steve, i got to let you go. You have yourself a good one, all right, my friend? Hey, you too, my friend. Have a good one. Good night. All right. Listen, Steve, calling in with some fire. We're going to keep getting to these lines. 515-602-9639. Next, we're going to my guy, Vinny. Vinny, we're coming directly to you. Hey, Salute Joe. You, how Vinny. You, For buddy? those of you that do yeah. not know, let me, let me, let me pre- properly – let me properly announce you, Vinny. Vinny's a savage, okay? <laughs> he be creeping around. You know what I'm saying? This is this. Uh, he yeah. called in a couple times, gone back and forth. I see him be snooping yeah. around in chat. I see what's going on here, Vinny. Vinny, listen, right, we're talking you. Jets tonight. Makai Becton tweets out, "I am a left tackle." A lot of people upset about that. Okay. Well, uh, he, he rips them. How do you feel about this it? This is his year. This is going to be his year. It's a contract year, Joe. And 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 he's really focused. I see that he's focused. He's dropped a lot of weight. Not easy to do. He's a big man. And yeah. and, and he's been working it, working out, doing his thing. And uh, I think he's being fueled by the naysayers. So, you know, I, and a contract year. That that to me, that's that's major. I mean, we see it all the time. So, um, yeah. hopefully, you know, hopefully he, he plays for us because we really need him uh, based on um, a draft, you know, not being able to uh, secure a left tackle. So, in any event, yeah. No, uh, yeah. so I'm, 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 I'm hoping, you know, like everybody else, yeah. I'm hoping. So, I'm yeah, hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, on the schedule, spot, Joe? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. On the schedule, I kind of believe it's going to be at least five games. Um, when I look at the, the teams that, that we're playing, uh, I, I see the Giants and the Jets playing 9-11. I, I don't see how that doesn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. It's a New York thing. Certainly one of the major spots. So I, I think uh, that's going to happen for that. And, and uh, Buffalo and Miami at least uh, – uh, probably Buffalo, Miami, and uh, and then I'm looking at later on. We got we got Philly and we got Kansas City. I think one of those mm-hmm. games also, you know. Um, so that's what I kind of see. I, I I'm not that crazy about thinking that New England's going to be uh, on prime time with us. 
Could be, but I doubt it. Not this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some so. there's some games, man. You look at we got, I know that we, and again, the schedule hasn't been released. It'll be on Thursday, but we do have right. the opponents. I mean, Philly, to me, that could be a primetime game. Kansas City, that could yep. be a primetime game. Yeah. You know, one of the yeah. I could see one of the Bills games, maybe. Patriots, I'm yeah. thinking, right? Yeah, yeah Patriots, and then you huh? Look at, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then you look at, again, okay. the Giants game, like you guys are talking about. Yeah. And that's that you know that nine yep. eleven game that that's a you know that's something that can happen. So, and yeah. then we got and then we got could, Dallas. We could we could be playing Thanksgiving. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things moving and shaking. That's that's the truth. That's the absolute truth. Could Listen, be. Vinny, I gotta slide off. I want to thank you for All calling right, in bud. tonight. Good you have yourself you a good always, one, my friend. Take care, bud. All right, thank you, you have yourself absolutely good one. We're gonna keep getting to these lines. We got one last caller. We're gonna bring in. I think this is my guy Tim. We're talking to here. I think this is Tim that we're going to bring on to the lines. You know what I'm saying? He's always got some good takes. He's always bringing it left and right. I think this is my guy, Tim. Listen, and I have Tim come on here. Salutes to you, Tim. For those of you that do not know, that man, Tim, savage. I'm talking. Savage. Now, Tim, What's up, Joe? don't curse, man. Don't curse. You know, I like going back and forth with you. I know things can frustrate you, I know, all right? I know. I've dealt with he who will not be named, okay, earlier, okay? Uh, a coach <laughs> that used to be here that ain't here no more. For those of y'all that don't know, he gets money every time. See, this is, oh. uh... It... Every time. Every we time. had to wait until we got that final flush there. Um, yeah, that, that's, the, yeah. That's, the, that's the clean, crisp, that's when you know it's gone, Okay. <laughs> Now listen. Uh, I gotta stop calling. I gotta stop calling after Steve because he always he always gives you PTSD about Adam Gase. <laughs> listen, we we've been talking tonight about Makai Beckton. He tweets out, "I am a left tackle." People are upset. What are your thoughts about it? Uh, I think people are getting a little carried away. You know, the way that I took it was uh, he 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 didn't say. I am the left tackle for the New York Jets. He just said, I mm. am a left tackle, which just, mm-hmm. dude, honestly, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're getting ready for work and you can, you can just put I am blank and whatever your job is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a way for him to motivate himself. I don't think it's like him trying to be overzealous. You know what I mean? How did you take it? I mean, how did you feel about it? I took it, and again, this was after Sella was talking about he's going to play his best five. I think that was Makai Becton, Makai Becton, ramping himself up, saying, "Listen, I am a left tackle. As in, I'm gonna go out there and get that left tackle." That's how I took right. it. Right. Okay. That's yeah, how I took it. But there's a lot of people, and I understand different perspectives. But I feel like Makai Becton is motivated. He's in shape. He understands what's going on here. You know, the fifth year option being declined. He's talked about all the motivation that he has. All, he's heard the haters. He lets people know, I've heard you. You, saw, you also had a big bus shirt last year. He's also had a child as well. That's motivated him too. He's talked about how he wants to play, you know, and really, you know, put things together. So, listen, I think that was just Makai Beckton saying, yeah, I, listen, I'm that guy, and I'm going to show you guys this upcoming season. I am a left tackle. So, I know that there was some yeah. rumors swirling about possibly being easier for his knees if he's a left instead of a right. I don't know about that stuff. But I will tell you this, Makai Becton is full of motivation for this upcoming season. Speaking of motivation, right, 
There's a lot of mm-hmm. motivation and pressure surrounding New York Jets because Aaron Rodgers is here. We've seen all the you know acquisitions that we've made because of that. The Jets are now in win-now mode because of these things, and there's a lot of pressure on Robert Sella, right? We've also seen game mm-hmm. management issues last year from Robert Sella as well, particularly against the Lions, stuff like that. Do you think that with the new coaches that we have that surrounding Sella, they'll be able to help him so that those game management issues don't become a problem this upcoming season? Yeah, yeah. I think actually, I think the majority of that issue was solved as soon as we got Aaron Rodgers, um, because mm-hmm. I think before, I think before, you know, what we kind of you, you have to you have to look at it from Salah's perspective. Last year, you know, he was mm-hmm. dealing with an incompetent offense and an incompetent offensive mm. coordinator. And so as a head coach, mm. you know, his main role, uh, at least his background, is to drive that defense, right? Well, he had them, he mm-hmm. had them in good shape, but it was the offense he had to worry about. Now, this year you're going to have a quarterback who is just much more capable in general in terms of managing a game. You know, he's been in tight clock situations his whole career. He knows how to deal with them. You know, Hackett is now the offensive coordinator who, you know, he has a great rapport with, so there shouldn't be any communication issues there. So I think Sala kind of was the victim of kind of getting wrapped up in having to deal with a little too much, you know, because mm. he probably was going home every day thinking, well, how the hell am I – how the heck am I supposed to be a head coach of this <laughs> team if yeah. – if uh, I have to run, I have to worry about what the offense is doing constantly and, and, mm-hmm. and worrying about them kind of messing up my game plan on the defense because mm-hmm. they can't score points. So I think he, you know, mm-hmm. he was maybe a little bit off center last year, which might have led to mm-hmm. maybe a couple of those, you know, he was probably on the side trying to hook up the defense and all of a sudden realized, oh, oh, you know, we were, you know, we should have called timeout there. Whereas, you know, if, if you had Aaron Rodgers on the field and you have a, a capable offense coordinator, they'd be able to do that themselves. You know what I'm saying? No, listen, that, so, that was a great yeah, take. So, now, yeah, that was a great take. I, I expect, you know, a lot of things to get cleaned up, especially with the pressure. Now, we're getting short on time, Tim. I want you to give me your thoughts and predictions on how many primetime games do you think the New York Jets will have this upcoming season? Quickly. I heard somebody say uh, six in the media, so I'll go with six. And just real quick, I'll Ooh. tell you why my my conspiracy theory on why I think the Patriots won't play the first week. Um, okay, go ahead. Because I because I firmly believe that the Patriots refuse to lose to the Jets, and if they can mm-hmm. control the schedule in any way, <laughs> they will absolutely not be the first team in MetLife to get, you know, trounced by Aaron Rodgers because they just, they will, they won't be that guy. So they will do whatever they need to do to to make it some boring one o'clock Sunday game. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Listen, Tim, I want to thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good one. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. All right. All right. You too, man. Take care. All right. We're going to keep going on. Jeremy is on the line. We're going to be speaking to him quickly. Uh, Show's closing. I got a couple, couple minutes left. Salute to you, Jeremy. I want to thank you for calling in. For those of you that do not know, Jeremy, salute, Jeremy. We're short on time, but I want you to give me your thoughts on Makai Becton tweeting out, I am a left tackle. How did you take that? Were you, uh, do you think that the criticisms were warranted that he's been receiving? No, I don't understand why people are so against somebody having confidence <laughs> and somebody being bold. Like, 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 these are athletes. 
you, yeah. you what do you want them to be hesitant? You want them to tweet, yeah. I hope I'm good enough to be a left tackle. No, I want I want Mackay Beckton to be confident. I want him to be feeling mm-hmm. good and I want him to believe in himself. And I think that was mm-hmm. just him boldly saying, Hey, I'm back, baby. You're speaking absolute facts now. Before I let you go again, we're really short on time and we're about to close the show out. How many primetime games do you think the New York Jets will have this upcoming season? We got Aaron Rodgers in the building, a host of other free agent signings as well. People are excited about what we have here. How many times do you think you'll see us in primetime this next upcoming season? Well, I, I think it'll end up six. Even if they only schedule five, they'll end up flexing us to a Sunday uh, night. So. Okay. I think it, yeah. So I think it'll end up being six times, uh, no matter okay. what. Uh, you know, even if they only originally schedule five, we'll get the we'll get an extra Sunday night because I think this team is going to be very very good, and you know everyone's going to want to you know watch them play. So yeah, I mean, look, it's New York, it's Aaron Rodgers. There, it's, it was mm-hmm. the biggest off season story in the NFL. Um, yeah, they're playing a lot, a lot of good teams, a lot of teams with quarterbacks where people are going to want to see the Mahomes, you know, the Mahomes Rogers matchup, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm expecting, I'm expecting that we're going to see, we'll see, we'll see six out of our 17 games hitting prime time spots, and we'll also have a lot more four o'clock games as opposed to the early games uh, as well. We'll Ooh. be part of those doubleheaders. That- yeah, that's going to be wonderful. Listen, Jeremy, i got to slide off. I've literally got, like, less than two minutes left. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a little bit. I need to hear from you. Call in earlier. Let's go back and forth, man, all right? I know. It's been too long, my friend. I'll, I'll, I'll get you next week. <laughs> all right. You have a good one. Take care, bro. Listen, this has been a phenomenal show. I've got to slide off because they're going to cut me up out of here, okay? Cut off my lines. <laughs> Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I am also, okay, on Twitter as well, at The Long Beach Joe, at The Long Beach Joe. Personal page is at YoungJ000, okay? All right. Want to go ahead and troll me? No problems. I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times. All right? <laughs> they can't cut that off. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Vera Tucker, I'm just saying he's the best. Okay? I'm just saying he's the best. Fight on. All right? That is what it is. Your boy is also on YouTube as well. Going over to YouTube, type in long. Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you want to troll me, you can troll me in the comments as well. Let's go back and forth, and I will troll you right back. And as always, people, when you see me in person, it is arms out, chest open. Free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. Hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. They will always remain free no matter what anyone tells you. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to call in, listen, and interact with your boy. Any way that you do that, it is greatly appreciated. Without you folks, I have absolutely nothing. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to kick it with your boy and talk to me. So until the next show, you folks have a good one. Peace.